Whether you're going all out traditional this Christmas or just marking the season in your own little family ways, you might pause and wonder where the customs you follow came from. Maybe they're particular to your corner of the country or passed down through the family tree. Anyway, Dr. Marion McGarry is a lecturer at the Atlantic Technological University, Galway, and as author of Irish Customs and Rituals, she is the perfect person to ask about the Irish traditions we turn to in these dark winter months. And some of these traditions I read here actually struck a chord with me. So good morning, Dr. McGarry. Good morning, Brendan. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I hope you and your listeners are well also. Thank you so much. Listen, and we're, just before we dive straight into the list, why do these traditions matter? What do they bring to our daily lives? Well, traditions and rituals are good to fall back on when we have big events in our lives like births, marriages and deaths. And Christmas is one of those annual events where, you know, we have a set of traditions to enact and lots of families have their own unique traditions. But I'm here to talk to you today about, you know, Irish rituals and old Irish customs of Christmas. Now, some of the customs you're going to talk about are kind of new to me and some of them I've seen modern versions of them. But how much does your locality matter in terms of the traditions you adhere to? Well, in Ireland, just like, you know, Irish accents, there's great regional variations in customs and rituals. And what might be done in one area might not necessarily be done in another area. So, for example, I'm of Cork Leitrim parentage. So um, things that would have been done in Leitrim might not have been done in Cork. A great example of that would be Nolignaman, Women's Christmas on 6th of January. And that would have been a big tradition in the southwestern part of the island. But people in Leitrim may not have heard of that. And similarly, things like Wren boys and mummers might be regional specific. Yeah. So let's get started with this one, though, here. We were talking this week a lot about shops and small businesses at the heart of the community. That means so much to people who live there. And the tradition of the Christmas box, when I read into your description of it, I remember my mum would, would uh, do a Christmas box in her hairdressing salon. Yeah, and I'm I'm surprised. I'm always surprised when people still keep this tradition going. Uh, I was in my hairdressers recently and got a bottle of shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, but it's lovely. Or in my butcher's, he gives a calendar. So yeah, that's just where small businesses give a little something back to their customers for their loyalty throughout the year. And that could be just your local pub giving you a little drink at Christmas. And it's it doesn't have anything to do with a box, but it's called the Christmas box. So yeah, it's a nice little one. It's nice to get something back as a loyal customer. And it was very much part of my mum's business as well and we know small businesses are under immense pressure at the moment and, and but I'd love to hear from people if they're listening if they still keep the tradition of the Christmas box up with their small business so text 51551 if you're listening now we talked last week also about the 8th of December that massive shopping day that my father would have us all locked down and hidden from the streets of Dublin does that come <laughs> from on, on Marga Moor the big market is that something to do with that because that, that's outside the big towns that's where they had these markets is that right I hadn't heard of this one yeah it is isn't it isn't so 8th of December it's a big shopping day where the <clears throat> so-called pulshies go and descend on Dublin I'm one myself so I can say that but no it's slightly different Brendan because on Marga Moor is the big Christmas market that actually traditionally would take place around the country on the Saturday before Christmas 
So what you would have there was, and this is in rural Ireland as well, so where you have women of the house who they're traditionally in charge of poultry and dairy produce, they would take these to the market, fatten up their goose, and they'd bring it to the market and they'd have a load of eggs, maybe some butter churned, and they would use the earnings from the big market. These were known as pin money, and they would, inverted commas, get in the Christmas, okay? And in order to get in the Christmas, you know, this is the days before big grocery shops and supermarkets were around. So you'd go to your local grocer, probably their spirit grocer. You'd have a shopping list. You'd have on it tea, dried fruits, spice, sugar, candles, sweets, household goods, clothes, a bottle of whiskey. All this sort of stuff would be lumped into the box. And then you'd take that home, which is that was your Christmas shopping, essentially, in the local shops. It's all local. It's all good stuff, you know. So pin money was something my grandmother would have spoken about as well. And they would fatten up the hens and bring them to the market. Are there still uh, on on Margaret Moores happening around Ireland now? I suppose they've evolved into Christmas markets, haven't they? I suppose you don't have many people producing their own produce. I think there might be something in this, isn't there? It could be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, revive on Margaret Moore and and start getting people doing home industries again. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. It's it's important to point out, Brendan, as well, just what I'm talking about here, their customs typical from Ireland, say from the end of the 19th century into living memory. So what you're saying there, you're kind of like me, you remember some of these. Yeah. Um, but some of them have died out, uh, some of them have completely died out altogether. Has so, the, the ritual of gift giving between urban and rural relatives, has that died out? Yeah, I doubt very much many people in Dublin would have cousins sending them up bags of potatoes. <laughs> Unless the cousin oh, I don't know, I live in Stony Organic farmer. Hipsters are all at it. Craft <laughs> <laughs> beer or something like that, perhaps. But no, it it depends. I can't say for sure, but it probably has with big supermarkets. A lot of these things have died out, all right. It surprises me to hear that they've died out. Is there an assumption these traditions are still alive? There is. There's a big assumption that a lot of our traditions are alive, actually, Brendan. And we just assume that, uh, you know, we Irish do these things and we, we still keep them going. But do we really? That's a big question. For example, a great example would be, do people still find fairy forts superstitious and do they still leave them untouched? There's a major assumption there, but there's also a major question mark. Do people still not touch things or are people still superstitious? And again, without you know, without hard facts, it's hard to know, but we must be careful what we assume. And I, I'm thinking a lot of these traditions are, are very much on the way out. The one tradition that I like, again, like my mum's Christmas box, the American letter, but that had evolved for us in that we would all huddle around the phone and my grandmother's and ring my cousins in Australia, ring my aunt. And she'd get it once a year, oh, wow. maybe twice a year. So, but the original well, Brendan, you're very posh. Posh. <laughs> he had a phone. <laughs> we did actually, yeah, we were very posh. So tell me this, uh, when uh, the American letter was literally people would send home a parcel of exotic goods. Is that parcels. fair to say, yeah? Yeah, so the American letter, it's, it's funny because it's not really a letter. It's just a communication and usually a parcel with loads of good American stuff in it that you wouldn't get in Ireland. So yeah, that was really anticipated. And maybe if it wasn't a, a box, it was it was an envelope with money in it. The lines of communication were always open via the post with emigrants. Yeah. Um, but particularly at Christmas, that letter, that, that communication was keenly anticipated. I yeah. have a text here. When your guest talks about inverted commas getting in Christmas, I wonder, is it like my mam doing the Christmas press or the Christmas cupboard after the big shop? Do you remember she adds into it through November, December, December and God help you if you go near that and try and take anything out of it. <laughs> the big biscuit tin would yeah, go in, yeah, yeah. the six pack of lemonade, all that. Is it, that's kind of the same thing, Red isn't lemonade. it? 
the red lemonade. The good biscuits, yeah, yeah. The good absolutely. biscuits. Yeah, it's very similar. Those mothers were very well organised. Like, yeah, yeah, so they're they're getting it in gradually. Absolutely. Another one my mum always did every year. That we, I, I remember at Christmas there'd be a big Santa Teddy sitting up on the countertop at the reception as you went into the hairdressing salon for a raffle. So there was a Christmas raffle every year, but they do raffles outside pubs or local shops. That's a tradition, yeah? Oh yeah, absolutely, 100% Brendan and that's still very much on the go today so there was a Christmas raffle usually for mutton in most areas <laughs> when turkey then became fashionable turkey wasn't always fashionable it was goose and my grandparents would have had goose not yeah, turkey I remember so that, when turkey, that. Yeah. and when turkey became fashionable then you had uh, raffles for turkey and then in the 10 days or so leading up to Christmas you yeah. had protracted kind of games of cards were played where most people would club together to form a join at a selected house Oh, really? And each of them, yeah, each of them would pay a small sum to keep them in a small quantity of alcohol just to keep them going while they were playing cards. And then you might also have a bit of, it's a social interaction, you'd have storytelling and chat. And yeah, there was a, there was a couple of other things as well in the lead up to Christmas that involved raffles and, and cards and but ultimately, yeah, Irish people used to add into cards. And that, that, but that's ultimately about bringing people together, isn't it? And having a reason to be in a room together, basically to come together. Exactly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how did music feature in our older customs? Yeah, in some urban areas, again, Brendan, this one's regional specific, right? In some urban areas, you had a custom known as, it was calling the weights, and it involved groups of young men going from street to street, and they would wish people goodwill, and they would say good morning and good evening, and they would have musical instruments, um, drums, accordions, and it was just a lovely atmospheric processional thing to do. They'd collect money, and I think in Castle Bar, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Castle Bar was known for this in County Mayo. You can imagine how much of an atmosphere that created. It would have been quite nice. I'm sure our listeners will tell us, text 51551, if you relate to any of these traditions and even if you have a modern version of it. And this is one I really relate to. So we would always joke in our house that the smell of paint reminds us of Christmas because my mother would do a huge clean up, like never mind January declutter or spring clean, the house would be kind of reborn for Christmas. It's a big tradition in Ireland, Brendan. Anytime there's a big event, of course, like a, a station or a wedding or Easter, there is a big spring clean and Christmas was no exception. It, 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 there was a deep clean done in the house at a Christmas deep clean. time. So, you'd, yeah, you'd come home from school and you'd clean. smell the bleach and you'd be dreading it. All yeah. the drawers would be upside <laughs> down in the kitchen. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Things were pulled out, chairs, yeah. crockery, pots chimneys yeah. Uh, yeah so um and also there was a lot as you mentioned brendan there's a lot of paint uh, so people took an opportunity to paint whitewash uh, was used in the past as well and outbuildings and the exterior of the house might get a coat so yeah it was really taken seriously and it was it was intense yeah cupboards everything was turned out i remember one christmas my mother holding the stool a high stool well, I cleaned the lights on the ceiling with a J-cloth and a, and a spray. I was like, really? Was Santa's going to look up to see if the lights are clean? Anyway. Um, he, he does, apparently. He does, apparently. So if there's any kids listening, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just get out the mop and help your parents, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well done. <laughs> Christmas Eve, my partner's Polish and he actually flies over for Christmas Eve. It's a much bigger celebration for them. They have like a big 12-course dinner. But Christmas Eve was a big celebration in Ireland traditionally, wasn't it? It was a time for reflection and remembrance of loved ones lost. Is that right? 
Christmas Eve just in general in Ireland is just one of those things we really get right and there's a lot of lot of nice little uh, things rituals and customs connected with Christmas Eve and it's just this period when all the mad hectic activity the cleaning all of that is done and you can kind of breathe out and breathe a sigh of relief it's it's done and what basically um, Christmas Eve in Ireland it's the eve of something and traditionally in the Irish calendar going back to more ancient times the eve or the sunset is when you start to celebrate the next day so I remember even though it being Advent strictly speaking right Yeah. I remember that my mum about half past nine after the candles were lit in the house she'd sit down and she'd have a hot whiskey and uh, she, she'd relax and the candles would be on in the window. And it was just that, look, the peace would descend. And I think traditionally people would at sundown on Christmas Eve, that's when it started. Christmas started then. And even though it was still strictly speaking Advent and they were still fasting, they allowed themselves to have a slice of cake or a sherry or whatever. The, the lovely thing about Christmas Eve in Ireland is as well that tradition of lighting a candle and putting it in the window because symbolically you're guiding the Holy Family on their journey to Bethlehem. Because remember, it's the birth, it's Jesus's so, birthday. It's a big Christian celebration. So that's what so the candle in, in the Ireland, window was to guide the Holy Family to Bethlehem. I thought it was it meant that strangers were welcome in your house. No. To guide the Holy Family. Uh, yeah, well, you've only be careful now who you're inviting into your house. Well, I'd say yeah, so. I mean, yeah. I, I was never comfortable with it. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> be blowing well, the candle out that. after your mama put it in the window. So I don't know about that now. That's another great example of regional specific. You know, that could be, you know, that's another regional variation. Maybe that was done in your area, you know, you, you welcome strangers. But this was a spectacle, Brendan. And I remember my mom used to stand outside the house and yeah. she'd take it all in. She'd look at the spectacle in the dark. And I used to be thinking when I was a kid, what is she doing? She's so vain looking at her house. But that was the point. That was the point of it. And I only realised after she passed that this was the tradition. So people around Ireland would actually come out of their homes, right? And on their way to midnight mass or whatever, and they would take in the spectacle of the flickering candles nice. on Christmas Eve with their neighbours' houses. It's just so wonderful. I mean, that beats any Christmas lights to me that people have gone to this effort. It's a symbolic ritual. And it's there to be admired and for people to contemplate. And I mean, that's just so wonderful. The other thing that you just mentioned to me there was the remembrance of loved ones. And, um, you know, at Christmas, everyone is kind of corralled into that festive tunnel. And it can be difficult on people who are grieving, for example, or, or recently um, bereaved. And even if you're not reasonably bereaved, it's, it can be tough to remember deceased uh, people that passed on, mm. you know, yourself. Um, yeah. It during the, the or in the chair. past. Yeah, Christmas, yeah, for sure. Christmas conscious of all of those memories of, of people um deceased. So, you know, you have this little ritual on Christmas Eve, and it's a similar ritual to that done um at Halloween actually, where you would leave your door unlocked at bedtime mm -hmm. and arrange the seat arrange the chairs around your fire stoke up the fire arrange the chairs leave a bit of food out and that was to welcome your dead ancestors back into the house for Christmas Eve isn't that sweet and um, a sweet's not a word Day, I'd use but yeah go on <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it depends it depends on what way you look at it but yeah. there is a certain yeah, yeah there's two strange. ways of looking at it your way is a bit extreme my way is uh, you know it's nice it's very too. poignant but, yeah um, 
It is, it is. And it's it can be of comfort to people. And also then on the on Christmas Day, leaving greenery on the family grave is another tradition as well. And it's just to bring those who, who we've lost back into the celebrations. Yeah, now that wouldn't have been a tradition in our family to visit graves, but certainly we live very near a cemetery up in, my mom does, uh, in South Dublin, and it's packed on Christmas morning. A family's going to visit. So that's a very old tradition, isn't it, for Christmas? It is, yeah, it is. And it's, you know what, I think that, I think personally, this goes way, way back. You're remembering, you're bringing the dead ancestors back in. I mean, that's something that's really quite pre-Christian and you're acknowledging them and you're welcoming them back to your celebrations. And I think that that is, yeah, it is nice, yeah. What traditions would you love to see people embrace? Well, certainly the Christmas Eve traditions there where you have that moment of quiet contemplation and maybe you just switch off all the devices and go out and look at the candles and remember remember people who have passed. Um, and certainly in terms of decorations, we could all do with some more natural materials. Yeah, look at each individual family. I was talking about regional variations there, but each individual family has their own traditions. Yeah, of course, and yeah. that's important as well. But yeah, I think just to maybe that meditative aspect, you know, rather than rush, rush, rush and having to do loads of stuff and buy lots of stuff to just sit and think and enjoy the moment. And are these among some of the customs and traditions you'll keep keeping going yourself or have you added anything new? Actually, I've, you know what, when I was growing up, I'd listen to my mam and I'd sort of think, oh, why is, you know, why is she doing that? I mean, can't we move on from this? And, but now I realise that it's so important to keep these things going and to maybe revive stuff that mm. you might not necessarily have about. And I think, you know, in the rush to modernise in Ireland in the last century, we kind of lost an awful lot of that. Yeah. And I think it's no harm bringing it back because if we don't, it's going to be lost forever really it's easier to continue something than it is to revive something Ooh, wise words very wise words oh. <laughs> uh, the tradition in my family is and this might shock some people who don't do this and the people who do it would kind of nod I can hear now is sausage meat in the stuffing we do that yeah. I'm, getting one nod from, I'm getting one nod from the box here would you do that would you sausage meat in the stuffing or is that modern fad oh my god I'm nodding I'm nodding profusely here Brendan that's something <laughs> I produced recently the old Jamie Oliver recipe that's extraordinary that's a game changer <laughs> thank you so much listen I can see lots of lovely texts coming in on the traditions you've kept on but Dr Marion McGarry that was really insightful and lovely words of wisdom happy happy Christmas thank you so much for taking the call oh thank you Brendan and to you and all your listeners the same happy Christmas happy Christmas and you know I'd love to hear what traditions you have brought to the country maybe you grew up outside of Ireland how do you mark this time text 51551